Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a PGY1 psychiatry resident physician. In this podcast, we discuss whole person health and wellness through an osteopathic lens, holistically addressing the body, mind, and spirit. We also discuss topics important to medical trainees, including pre-med students, medical students, and residents. Thanks for joining me. If you're applying to medical school this cycle or in the future, this episode is definitely for you. So after all of the effort of submitting your MCAS or ACOMAS applications for medical school, getting all of your letters of recommendation, writing your personal statement, and completing supplemental applications if applicable, you still have some work to do and it might be the most stressful of the application process, which is interviews. So that's what I'm talking about this week. And I think this is timely because if you're applying this cycle, it is likely that you are going to start receiving interview invites soon if you haven't already. Most interview invites are sent somewhere between September and January, but they can absolutely come earlier in July or August and they can definitely come later as well. And you do have a slightly increased chance of getting accepted when you interview earlier, but you still may have a very good chance of being accepted even if you are offered an interview later. There's a reason why schools are interviewing later. It's because they haven't filled their class and they're looking to accept you. For some schools, they're very picky about who they interview and they they may come close to accepting everyone post-interview, whereas other schools will have a little bit of a different structure in that they will screen applicants and send interviews to a lot of applicants, interview a lot of prospective students, and really use the interview as a way to really narrow it down. And they may have a much lower percentage of offers sent out post-interview. So it really does depend on the school. But for the most part, you should feel really good when you get an interview invitation. Because a school's not going to invite you unless they think that you are qualified and that you're a good candidate and a good fit for their school. And this is the perspective that you should have coming into this. You have to come at this from the perspective that you still have to sell yourself. You have the minimum of what they're looking for, and now you just have to confirm for them that you are an applicant that they should consider for their school. And you do this by clearly communicating about who you are and why you're a good fit for the school. So remind yourself that you were chosen for a reason. The school thinks that you are qualified. Now you just have to confirm that for them. So how do you do this? How do you prepare for an interview? Well, you should know a lot about each school that you applied to already because you should have compiled a lot of information to even decide that you wanted to apply to that school. Many applicants keep keep Excel sheets to keep all of this information organized. If you haven't done that much of an in-depth search, then you definitely want to consult 
the school website and other websites that offer more information about each school. So whether you're looking back at your notes or you're doing additional research, you want to take the time to prepare for your interview. And this should look different for each school because each school is going to be different. A lot of mission statements are pretty similar, but there are going to be differences. And there's also differences in what schools prioritize, whether that's more research or more volunteering or more more clinical work where they're located is important, and also what specialties their students go into. So all of this is something that you definitely want to know before the interview. And not only know this information, but also brainstorm how it fits into who you are and what your aspirations are and how they fit in with the school. Because that's what these schools are going to be looking for. They're going to be looking for whether you're a good fit. They already know that you're a good applicant. You met the minimum that they desire to extend you an interview. Now you have to confirm that you're a good fit. For the most part, when you are answering questions, you want to make sure that they line up with the application that you submitted. You can absolutely elaborate and include more recent experiences that you've had since you've applied that may not be on your application, but you should, for the most part, tell the same narrative. It's confusing if all of a sudden you're saying your reason for wanting to go into medicine is completely different than what you wrote about in your personal statement. So, this means you're not only going to have to study the school, but you're going to have to read up on your own application and remember what you put into it because you may be several months removed from when you wrote your personal statement and when you put in your work and activity section. So you also want to be prepared to answer questions related to any of the experiences that you included, whether that's in the work and activity section or the personal statement. It might help to get a different pair of eyes to look over your application. They may have a different perspective and they'll they'll pick up more on what might be asked. You can ask your friends or family members to do this. It also helps if you're getting someone to do a mock interview with you, which I'll talk about later. But if you're doing a mock interview, it might want to provide your application so that they can ask questions just like is going to happen in the actual interview. Another thing you're going to want to read up on is that if you are given the list of individuals who are going to interview you on interview day, then you want to look up those names. And it might help to find uh, common ground and know what examples to include that they may have a little bit more of connection with. And your interview with preclinical faculty or the faculty members with PhDs, as well as clinical faculty who have a DO or an MD, those interviews are going to look a little different and those are going to look different than when you are interacting with administrative staff. You'll also have to save some of your questions to ask the right people. So knowing what their background is, is going to be helpful. This is something that I personally wish that I did more of when I was interviewing for medical schools. Looking back, I think 
I just really had a list of questions that I wanted to ask and I didn't I didn't understand that some people would be more appropriate to ask questions to versus other people and I had I really didn't know much about the different roles within a medical school. So that brings me to the importance of mock interviews. I recommend everyone do multiple mock interviews. And for this, you can absolutely ask a pre-med advisor. A lot of undergraduate schools will have mock interviews almost as a requirement. Or you can also ask any physician that you've worked with in the past. You can ask a current med student, a current resident to do mock interviews with you. But I know that these take up a lot of time. Um, They're very beneficial for you. But for the person working with you, that's a huge time commitment for them to take out of their busy schedule. So sometimes it's really hard to find these people. So there's also the option of getting professional help and paying someone to give you their undivided attention and and give you professional feedback as well. So it's really not just the interview itself that is going to be helpful, but it's also having the time devoted to getting feedback. So that's why you really, you don't just want to hand someone a list of questions to ask you because then you don't really need that other person. You can just practice on your own. What is really the difference is someone that can ask personalized questions based off of your application and someone who can afterwards provide you constructive feedback about how you did and how you can improve. So asking a friend outside of medicine may not be the best person to choose for a mock interview. So consider investing in professional help. I think it's totally worth it, at least for one of your mock interviews, to have someone who doesn't know you ask you questions and give their completely unbiased opinion about how you did. I am now providing personalized assistance specifically to pre-medical students. I can help with editing your personal statement, your AMCAS or AACOMAS application, and your secondary essays. I will catch your grammar and style mistakes and also provide feedback on content revision so you can craft documents that make you more competitive. There are so many expensive services out there that charge hundreds to thousands of dollars on reviews, which is why I am offering a much more affordable service with different price packages based on your needs. While many services out there are led by staff members who are years to decades removed from their experience as pre-medical students, I am uniquely positioned to help you as someone who has been through this process myself recently and as someone with professional writing and editing experience. Use the link in this episode description to learn more about the services I offer for individualized help. So going into interview day, just know that anxiety is perfectly normal to have. Everyone's going to be anxious. Your interviewer knows knows how hard you've worked and how much this opportunity means for you. So they're trying their best to put you at ease, but it's still a very high stress situation and there's a lot at stake. But you st- still knowing that, you need to 
try to exhibit confidence and that's more of a fake it till you make it type thing. Practicing in front of a mirror might be helpful. Also with your mock interviews, a good mock interview where we'll also comment on your body language and your confidence, your tone of voice, all of that. And then you really do want to maintain good eye contact with your interviews. I know a lot of interviews are now being done virtually, so that makes it very easy to hide notes behind your camera or down at your screen in a separate tab, but it really is ideal to be looking straight at the camera so that it looks like you are giving eye contact and that you're engaged and you're not looking off to the side and reading. So try as best as you can to prepare ahead of time so you don't have to read straight from your notes, even if they're just bullet points. And that's going to make a huge difference. And just know that your interviewers, they are genuinely interested in learning more about you. They want to see if you're a good fit for their school. They want to see if there's someone that they would like to work with. And go into this knowing that you know yourself best. So when they're asking questions about your strengths, your weaknesses, your interests in medicine, there's no wrong answer. I'm going to talk more about strategy with some of these questions, but there's really no wrong answer because it's questions about you. They're not asking you questions about the Krebs cycle or anatomy. They're asking questions that only you know the answers to, and they're genuinely interested in what you have to say. So what else are they looking for besides getting to know you? They want to know that you have characteristics that is important to becoming a doctor. They want to know that you have critical thinking compassion, empathy, resilience, patience, and strong communication skills. So they're going to ask you questions that require you to have some of these skills or to reflect on your skills and characteristics and provide examples for them. Also, the interview serves this purpose of seeing if you are someone that they're going to be able to get along with because ultimately they're going to see you Whether they're a faculty member or an administrative member, they're going to be working with you and they want to know that you're a real authentic person who's easy to talk to. They want to know that you're able to understand the challenges of medical school and that you're prepared to meet those challenges head on, which is why a lot of questions will ask you to reflect on past challenges. They also want to know that you're motivated by the right reasons. And this is going to to vary person to person, but as long as you have a real authentic answer instead of being driven by the status or the money of medicine, then you are meeting that criteria in their book. And when you're answering these questions, make sure you're coming from a perspective of speaking with humility and self-reflection so that you're able to come across as authentic instead of someone who is arrogant or inauthentic just to get into med school. I'm asked a lot by students who have red flags and whether they should discuss them during the interview. I would say you usually don't want to mention them unless you're specifically asked about it. 
they're already going to see any of that within your application, whether that's a low GPA or a low MCAT score or anything else like that. So you don't need to bring it up. You can focus on what what makes you a strong applicant. Um, unless they bring it up, you want to have a response that is able to be very self-reflective and speak about how you've been able to overcome that challenge. So do be prepared to be asked specifically about your red flag if you do have one. And I know I talked about not having pre-written responses that you read from. You also don't want to memorize entire answers to any question. You definitely want to practice them and you might want to have bullet points written out of things that you definitely want to hit for each question, but don't write out entire paragraphs to memorize them because that's going to come across as inauthentic when you're interviewing and it's going to be robotic and weird and that's not the vibe that you want to have in your interview. And with any question, you really want to show instead of tell. So, if you're asked a question like your best attribute, include an example instead of just providing a one sentence or a one word answer. A good rule of thumb that I like to use for the most part is to keep an answer between 30 seconds and two minutes long. That's going to depend on what question it is. Like if an interviewer says, tell me about yourself, well, that's probably closer to a two minute answer. Whereas other questions may have a shorter answer around 30 seconds. When you're asked a difficult question, which you will be at some point, make sure that make sure you know that it's okay to pause and say, wow, that's a very interesting and thought-provoking question. Let me think about this to save a few more seconds and then give them something. Usually these questions are meant to get you to think and they want to see more of your process sometimes questions they know that applicants there's no way applicants have prepared for them so they really want to see how you react to something unexpected so take a second keep your cool and give it your best shot they want to see that you're able to think on the spot and don't ever refuse to answer a question or give a trash answer that doesn't really answer the question. Just try your best and at least put an effort to at least try to answer their question. And when you're elaborating on some of these questions, make sure that you keep professional boundaries. There's no need to disclose overly personal information, especially information about your own health. So, just know that you want to talk more about your experiences and why you're going to be a good med student and a future doctor and keep out anything else that may be inappropriate to include. So another thing that applicants really stress about is questions related to bioethics. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that now. So usually it comes up as asking how you would handle certain situations or various healthcare dilemmas. So what I would say for this is to know the principles of bioethics and to allude to them in your response. A lot of times these dilemmas that are offered will have 
multiple correct answers. So it's important for you to recognize the two different choices and weigh the pros and cons, but to ultimately choose one over the other and back it up. And you'll back it up using bioethical principles. So those include autonomy, and this relates to the patient having the right over their own body and their own choices to choose treatment or to not choose treatment. So you can absolutely allude to autonomy during your response. Another one is beneficence, and this is that doctors should act in the best interest of their patients. So to do good whenever possible. Non-maleficence is related to this. This is the do-no-harm principle. So it's a doctor acting in a way that reduces any type of harm that can be inflicted on a patient. So you can allude to that one as well. And then justice is the ability for doctors to treat patients equally and fairly. And lastly, don't forget you're interviewing the school just as much as they're interviewing you. So don't be afraid to share your true aspirations and ask how their school can fit in that. You may wind up with multiple acceptances later in the cycle and you may struggle to adequately compare programs unless you are being mindful to ask these questions during the interview process. And also asking a lot of questions demonstrates real authentic interest. So that's all the time that I have in this particular episode. I am going to have one more episode on this topic that goes into some of the most commonly asked questions and my tips for each of those. View the show notes for additional information about this episode and access the link to First Line's website. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to First Line on your favorite podcast app to hear a new episode every Monday. Thanks for listening.